I'm a gun lover, a veteran, and a family man. I believe in the Second Amendment and responsible gun ownership. I'm Skip, and this is Gunsmoke. Hey, y'all, we're back. I've got something I want to talk about here. I've, and uh, I was, let's, let's put it this way. I was talking to a close, long, dear friend by the name of Keith Varden. Uh, me and him have known each other many years. And um, he brought this up to my attention. And um, I thought it was an incredible story. And I wanted to share it with you. It's a fellow by the name of Jack Hinson. He's got a book out. I'm not plugging it, but I, there is a book out there. It's called Jack Hansen's One Man War, A Civil War Sniper. Now, I, from what, what I've read of it, it's, it's an excellent story, and I wanted to bring it out there. In fact, Keith's going to come back uh, here shortly, and we're going to discuss it, and uh, that should make it interesting. But back in 1862, now Jack Henson, he owned a large prosperous plantation along the Kentucky-Tennessee border, and it was known as uh, Bubbling Springs. Now the Civil War had been on for past two years, and, but somehow Henson uh, managed to remain neutral, friendly to enlisted men and officers on both sides of the battle. But all that changed one day, and uh, it was in the fall, when two of Henson's sons, George, age 22, and John, 17, went hunting together and were spotted by occupying Union troops. Now, they were being accused as bushwhackers. Now, that would be Southern sympathizers. And the brothers were executed on the spot and decapitated. Now, their severed heads were then taken back to the plantation house of Mr. Henson's, and... Uh, by the soldiers and placed on the gate posts at his front yard. Two gate posts, and that's it, as a warning to other members of the family. Now, Jack Henson was understandably upset and both shocked and outraged. After all, hadn't the Union general himself, Ulysses S. Grant, once visited Henson's plantation as a guest? Whatever kindness Henson may have felt towards the North instantly and completely evaporated, and he swore revenge on the spot. Now, Henson, being an older man, didn't hastily run off and join the Confederate Army. Instead, he conceived a more calculated plan, one that would more ultimately result in the deaths of many Union soldiers and sailors and have hundreds of Federal troops eventually trying to hunt him down. So Henson first commissioned a special rifle to be built by a local gunsmith. It was a 50 caliber percussion cap muzzleloader. The gun was a typical Kentucky rifle, but two differences were there. It weighed about 18 pounds, and it, its lack of usual decorative brass ornamentation, wasn't, that was not there. Now, both attributes were intentional. The long, heavy, octangular, octangular barrel would make the gun excellent for long-range sniper rifling and the plainness of the gun would aid in a camouflage. So, the first victim of Jack Henson's new rifle was the lieutenant of the patrol that had killed Henson's two sons. Henson shot him from an ambush while the lieutenant was riding horseback at the head of the column. Several months later, Henson's second victim, 
was the soldier who had placed Henson's son's heads on the plantation gate posts. So Henson then relocated to a, a natural sniper nest miles away, overlooking the Tennessee River. Now this particular section of the river is also known as Towhead Chute, which was a narrowing in the stream where the Union Navy gunboats and troops transports were slowed during their trip upstream by swift current. Now Henson knew of the place, and he also knew that the soldiers and sailors on the deck aboard these uh, enemy vessels would be easy targets for his rifle. So from his vantage point high above the river, Henson could rest a heavy barrel on a rock or tree limb and shoot men 500 yards or more away. And one shot was recorded at a half a mile. Now, there were no, ex no special sights on this rifle. It was all open iron. Now, an excellent marksman, he used, as an excellent marksman, he used open sights, like I just talked, and tallied more than 100 kills. The soldiers on the boats often never even knew from where the, where the shot had come from. And uh, Henson's shooting was so accurate that one boat even stopped midstream, dropped its anchor, and surrendered to Henson by running up a white tablecloth, up the signal mast. It was the first and only time in military history that an entire boat surrendered to a single man. Well, anyway, Henson saw the white flag. He seized fire, but had no idea what to do. So, neither did the boat captain. Well. The boat remained motionless in the river for a time, but when no Confederate soldiers swarmed from the woods to take command, the captain eventually ordered the anchor raised and the ship to move on. The incident was one of the strangest of the American Civil War. So Jack Henson and his deadly rifle became such a menace to the Union forces that specific orders were issued to either capture or kill him. As a result, the parts of uh, nine regiments, both cavalry and infantry, um, and an amphibious task force of specially built Navy boats with a special operations Marine brigade targeting him, but he was never taken. Nevertheless, Henson and his family paid a high price for his involvement in the war. Uh, in addition to the loss of his two sons, the family plantation was burned to the ground by Union troops and the family was forced to leave the area. So today, the region where Bubbling Springs Plantation once stood is part of the land between the lake's national recreation area. So Jack Henson's famous custom-made muzzle-loading sniper rifle still exists. After passing through some half-dozen hands through the years, it's today owned by Judge Ben Hall McFarland of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I consider that a pretty interesting thing, and it's uh, a really good story. There is a book out there. And uh, I highly suggest reading it. I'm reading it myself here. And it was an interesting story. But uh, like I said, Keith will be back and uh, we're, Keith will be coming over and we're going to sit down and maybe discuss this in length. It's, it's, it's really worth it. So anyway, if you've got any bitches, gripes, or complaints, feel free to drop me an email at gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M, smoke, all lowercase, at yahoo.com. Or go to our Facebook page, Gunsmoke, Gunsmoke. Be more than happy to hear from you. Send a friend request. Send some pictures. Love to see what you're doing. And so until the next time, y'all take care. <laughs>